Welcome to Laquita's Toolbox, where we deliver relevant content in the form of tools that empower entrepreneurs to elevate personally and professionally. Good is only good until greater is envisioned. You know there's another level in you. Here we discuss the tools to get you there. Lean in as Laquita and her guests present you with strategies and insight for unlocking your full potential to realize your boldest dream. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Laquita's Toolbox. I am your host, Laquita Mondley, and I am so excited this morning. I have one of my very special guests in the studio with me today, and she has so graciously agreed to help me with an experiment for today's episode, y'all. So it's going to be a little different, a little different, <laughs> but hopefully different is good for the listeners. Amen. <laughs> Before we jump in to today's episode, let me take this moment to thank our sponsors at Covenant Press. They are a faith-based Christian apparel and accessory shop where we as believers can shop online for clothing and accessories that allow us to wear the message of the love of Jesus Christ. Check them out at www.covenant-press.com. That's www.covenant-press.com. Shop until you drop, ladies and gentlemen, but do not click off of those pop-ups too quickly because they contain some valuable discount codes that you can use at checkout to receive savings on your purchase. Again, go to www.covenant-press.com. Amen. Listen, y'all, we are on the very last episode of my series this month on do on my favorite books. Those of you that have been um, listening with me, I've had some amazing authors come on as guests throughout the course of this month, and they share some valuable tools. Well, today is the last episode in this particular series, so I could not let that series go by without even having an honorable mention of my very own book, Redefining Success, Eight Tools That I've Used to Develop a Growth Mindset. Uh, many of you have purchased that book, and I do appreciate the support and love the comments and the reviews that you've left for me on social media as well as on Amazon. Thank you guys so much for that. If you have not heard of the book, tune in, get something to write with and something to write on because Miss Shania Lambert is in studio today. And instead of me doing all the question asking, she is going to take over host duties for us today. And I will be answering the questions, y'all. Yeah. So get that something to write with and to write <laughs> on so that you can find out more about the value that is in redefining success now, Miss Shania, please come on in, introduce yourself to the few people. Like, yeah. if you've been following Laquita's Toolbox, you know who Shania is. But for those that might be listening for the first time, please just go ahead and let us know all about the fabulous things you do. <laughs> and please inform them of your must-listen-to podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Molly. So you guys are more than welcome to call me shy. I am a little bit of everything. I say first, I'm a mom. That's my highest calling. Uh, but I'm also a licensed and practicing attorney. I am co-partner with my managing partner, Ebony Todd of Jackson Todd and Lambert PLLC right here in Central Texas, where we primarily focus on servicing small businesses, churches, and nonprofits. I also am a published author as well. Dr. Momley featured Ebony and I on one of her episodes in her book series, Capital Moms, a firm foundation for all seasons of entrepreneurship. So if you are a mom and you are interested in embracing entrepreneurship, we have an online community. You can find us by searching Capital Moms, and you can also purchase our best-selling book on Amazon. And then last but not least, I also do host a Christian Growth Mindset podcast called Rooted, Real People, Real Issues, Real Growth. I try to post a new episode every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right now, we are in a study of Galatians and walking through and letting Paul tell us about ourselves and 
he does that very well. And so I was given the opportunity to interview Dr. Monley, which is a huge honor for me. She is my personal mentor um, and she knows how much I esteem her. And I have to tell you, Dr. Monley, when you started mentoring me, you should have just said, Shanae, reread my book. <laughs> because everything that I am enduring in this season, you cover in these eight tools for a growth mindset. And so I thought she is just being gracious, wasting her time with me because she should have just said, read the book and just focus on the book. So I need you to know that I was going through this. I was taking notes furiously for myself. So if you guys are listening, when I say have something ready to write, have something ready to write um, and don't be sensitive because there are things that she says in this book that I thought that hurt my feelings, yet I needed to hear it. And so this is a great spiritual resource, um, a growth mindset resource. And so I am ready to dig in. Dr. Mommy, are you ready? I am so ready. And let me just say this, by the way, the mentor relationship that we have is not a waste of time. I Aww. absolutely love our conversations. I really, really do. Um, and I also want the listeners to know that I've been working on the workbook for this book longer than I need to, y'all. So pray <laughs> for me with procrastination. It is definitely the thief of my time. <laughs> yes, I, I will be the first to purchase this workbook because there's so many gems that you drop in here that if the reader is not careful, you can read over and not really take that time to reflect. And Amen. there's like there is some work that can be accomplished if the person is willing to do it. And so just jumping right in, Dr. Molly, you talked about the title of the book, Redefining Success, Eight Tools I Use to Develop a Growth Mindset, which made me think of two questions right off the bat. When you say redefining success, what was it about the traditional definition of success that you felt needed to be redefined, both in general and for yourself? And then two, can you tap into what is a growth mindset? Yes, absolutely. Those are great questions. So when when we were when I was believing God for the title, the redefining success, it came out of really as the reader will go through the book, my life experience along the way, I realized that there really isn't like a clear cut definition of success. Society, different societies, different cultures, different ethnic backgrounds, yeah. circumstances, situations like outside entities try to define success for us. Sometimes we willingly accept those definitions as our own. And but often, though, those things come so subtly that you don't realize that your definition of success is being crafted actually by someone else. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. I realized at this um, triggering point in my life that everything that had happened prior to that triggering moment, really, I was allowing outside situations and circumstances to define not only my identity, but what I thought success looked like, mm -hmm. what it should feel like, what it needed to be. And so I was always striving to get something that actually held no value to me and my actual core belief system. So that's why I came up, how I came up with the def, the book title, Redefining Success. I also realized throughout my life that even though you may be defining success on your own terms, as we grow, as we mature, that our definitions of success should change and grow as we grow, you know, what I thought at 18, I should not be thinking about at 46. Like that should not still be, you know, something fundamentally. Yes. Fundamentally. Don't get me wrong. Fundamentally. Yes. But at 18, your average 18 year old. And I say average, your average yeah. 18 year old, you know, success is not sitting around gardening with the grandkids. I mean, right. that, that plays into my definition of success right now. Last night, my grandchildren were here helping me garden. They had on the aprons and the gloves and the shovels oh. and everything. And that's perfection. Yes. I could not be more joyful. Now, at 18, you would have told me something like that. I rolled my eyes so hard at you that got stuck in the back of my head. Are you kidding me? Success is sitting on a beach with my legs crossed, <laughs> drinking something fruity with an umbrella in it. Like, right. 
<laughs> I do enjoy those, but that does not define success for me. So, you know, it that should shift and change as we yeah. grow. Our definitions of success should grow. So I think that we should consistently be redefining what success looks like to us in every area of our life. It's not one overarching definition, um, but it is defined differently in different aspects of our lives. I love that. And then as a follow-up, we know that that term growth mindset is becoming popular, especially in like the coaching uh, world. And we'll talk about uh, another popular term, emotional intelligence, a little bit later <laughs> on. But can you just define for, for a new listener, someone who's not familiar with your content, what is considered a growth mindset? So to me, like I'll just put it in like easy layman terms. Yeah. Growth mindset is someone who is not resistant to change. If you are not resistant to change, then you have the foundations to develop a growth mindset. A a growth mindset is a mindset that is open. I'm ready and I'm eager to learn something new, something different. I'm basically ready to grow. A closed mindset is one who struggles and fights against change whether it's because of fear, whether it's because of pride or any of those factors. No man is an island. We cannot do this in and of ourselves. And closed mindset is what I think about when I hear the term uh, self-made. That's a lot. Nobody did anything with any level of success on their own. Let's stop believing that lie. Yeah. Growth mindset is a mindset that that anyone that you consider successful possesses. Mm -hmm. Because at different points in their life, they had to be open to change, to learn in order to grow. That's so good. Thank you. So you mentioned when you were talking about redefining success for yourself that obviously you notice differences between 18-year-old you and 46-year-old you, which sounds like you really prioritize self-awareness, knowing yourself. And that's one of the, the first tools that you mentioned in your book. You give this great story about why you answer to two different names. And I'll leave it up to you to decide <laughs> if you want to share that story or if you want to let the reader be held in suspense so that they can hear it. But you really ultimately sum that up by saying you don't find your identity in a name anyway. You find your identity in Christ. Yes. And so how can people or maybe what are some other things that you have found that people hold on to so tight to define themselves rather than finding their identity in Christ? And how does that really hold them in bondage rather than setting them free? So I'll start with, um, I think I'll let the name thing be uh, be suspenseful because most yeah. people, when they saw it, it was like, really? <laughs> like, that's how that happened? Yeah, that's let them that wait. Let them yes, wait. that's yeah. really how that happened. And <laughs> You know, yes, I have two names and yes, I will answer to both and no, neither of them define me. (laughs) I am defined by my identity in Christ. But what, what example that I'll give is our careers. So our podcast is all about, you know, entrepreneurship and personal growth and development Mm -hmm. in my husband's 24 plus years in the military. Those of us that are military, um, oriented or even career oriented oftentimes I found that our career aspirations begin to define us so in the military your rank begins to define you not on purpose but by accident Mm -hmm. you know as a civilian I was never active duty so you know where my husband was in his career whatever type of position that I was seeking for inadvertently I began to seek for positions that equal to him like Mm -hmm. not I won't say completely inadvertently but like if we're trying to match income income matching I need because we have five kids y'all I had to make some money (laughs) (laughs) and we've always had a dog we gotta (laughs) feed them they demand it So I'm looking, you know, what kind of GS position can I get? What kind of NAP or wage grade position can I get? You know, mm-hmm. how many steps can I get in the position? When is it promotable to the next GS level, the next GG level, NAP level, wage grade, all of that stuff? And and around us, you find that people will begin to define themselves. Or if you let them, outside people will define you based on the type of job that you have. Absolutely. Because they know the potential income that you can earn. And so we find ourselves in that rat race where we're 
Are you seeking that career promotion because it is just the desire of your heart? Mm. seeking that career promotion because you want to be viewed in a place of esteem to others yeah well therein lies the problem yeah our identity has to be found in Christ because we'll forever be chasing and we'll forever fall short because let's just face it someone somewhere is always going to outrank you even as entrepreneurs, somebody's business, if we're ranked, you know, if we're setting success by dollars and cents, mm-hmm. somebody else's business is always going to be more profitable than yours. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. We have to understand who we are and whose we are. That okay. way we don't fall into that trap. Or if we find ourselves going that way, you know, we can pull back. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you know what? I don't care. I could be a GS nothing. I'm still wonderfully made. I'm still, you know, I am made in his image. I am who God says that I am. And it doesn't matter anyone else's opinion of me, you know, and I'm wonderful just because I'm here. Amen. Like I was born that made me wonderful. Yeah. That's so good. And it sounds like, you know, this kind of overarching theme, especially if you're in a season where you are trying to define success for yourself, that it only Mm -hmm. makes sense to make your standard based on something that doesn't change, like God's word, right? What he says um, about you. And I just think it's so interesting in this first chapter, you ask three really poignant questions of the reader in their attempt to really know themselves. And one of the questions that you ask is, am I doing what I love? Or am I just occupying my time? Yes. And I thought, man, there are so many people who, I mean, whether it's a result of being churched or bad teaching, or it was just never introduced, have such a hard time finding a connection between what they've been gifted to do by God, this innate gift and ability, this uniqueness, and then what they do to earn a living, right? They cannot make that connection. So Mm -hmm. what do you say to the person that says like, yeah, I feel called by God to to write, but they're not bold enough or they don't feel courageous enough to say, and that's also how he'll choose to provide for me. How do people make that connection? It's a heart matter. It's mm. a heart matter. And it, and it goes back to identity. Um, knowing who I am in Christ unlocks within me every gifting and every ability, right? Mm. And knowing who God is to me and knowing who I am it also gives me what I need to overcome the internal obstacles because let's outside obstacles. Sometimes we can't, we have no control over that, yeah. uh, but things like I know that God has gifted me to write and to write, to earn a living. That's an internal obstacle. Mm-hmm. That's an internal mindset. And so when we get really solid and developing and strengthening our relationship with the Lord, Not only will he tell us who we are, but he'll also give us the tools and the clarity and vision to point out, okay, now this is how the enemy will attack you. And this is why, you know, that fear and that uncertainty will come in to make you second guess this writing ability that you have, even even though I've called you to write. So strengthening yourself in that relationship with the Lord so that you can understand how to fight that good fight of faith, how to understand you're not wrestling against flesh and blood, you know, how to understand how to use his word to strengthen your resolve. Because if that is who God has called you to be as a writer, then baby, you have to write. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're going to step out into this big grandiose opportunity. Start with a journal. Mm-hmm. Start with a journal and journal on your journey. And as you are making those baby steps, then God will empower you to make bigger steps. But he wants you to make that first step. When you're making that baby steps, you're defeating the enemy with every step you take. You're defeating that um, self-defeating thought, right? You're you're defeating that subconscious block that you have Mm -hmm. with every step that you take. So, and the other thing that I would say to that is that's one of the reasons also why it's so important to properly place people in our lives. Because in your moments of weakness, they have that ability to strengthen you, to encourage you, to, you know, to give you that push that you need to keep moving. Don't don't be on life journey by yourself. Yeah. 
have someone with you in life's journey. And you guys can war together. You can praise together. You can worship together. You know, they can help you become the best version of yourself, whether that is a romantic partner or whether that's a good girlfriend. I mean, for me, it's yes, my husband does play a very major role in that. Yeah. But my BFF, Stephanie, my God, I give glory for her life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Our best friends help carry those burdens. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, that's so good, Dr. Monley. I know that uh, in this book, as I read through, I was amazed at how open, honest, and transparent you were about many of your life experiences. And I just thought you were extremely vulnerable, which can be hard to find in a book that's you know, entrepreneurial-minded or business-minded. They can be kind of cold and stoic. So was that intentional that you would be so vulnerable in this book? And why do you think that was important? It was very intentional um, and it's poor, it's important to me because throughout my entrepreneurial journey, I've had the occasion to where I didn't get that transparency from someone who was mentoring me or some program that I paid, you know, invested mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And while I'm trying to implement the things that they are talking about, it's messy yeah. And nobody told me about this mess. Like, what do I do? You know, it had me questioning, am I doing this wrong? Like, yeah, what's going on? What is, you know, it didn't go step one, step two, step three, step four. Right. Like what it said in the book. Right. <laughs> or in the video that you watched. Like, it, it's not working out like that. Like, what is happening? So, I felt that it was very important to be that level of transparent. Mm-hmm. Because when the Lord did bless to bring in the right mentors, the right women of God and men of God into my life. They were transparent. They were transparent and their transparency gave me a breath of fresh air. Like, yeah, you are successful, but you're also human. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are successful, but I watched you flop. Yeah. But the way you bounce back from that flop, like you were flopping and didn't nobody know you were flopping. Right. I didn't know you were flopping because we're, connected yeah 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 <laughs> the way yes. you move through that thing with grace yeah. is amazing so that's that was very important for me to be able to be transparent um to the reader because life happens and we don't have mm-hmm. control over life when it's life in but right. you can make it. yeah <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. I know that you mentioned Stephanie, your best friend, and I know you mentioned Mr. Ben, uh, Mr. Monley, and you talk in this book about covenant connections and how relationships are one of our greatest resources. Yes. Apart from having, you know, your best friend, your your good girlfriends, I know that you talked about your marriage, and it's clear that Mr. Monley was an integral part of everything that God was purposing to do in your life. Uh, for women who um, have an entrepreneurial mindset, have a growth mindset, and also desire to partner romantically, they desire to be married, or who are already married, how can we best prepare um, for the right type of partner and how to be the right type of partner? See, we're going to have to do three, four more podcasts right here. <laughs> For those those who are listening, I'm taking furious notes with all the additional questions I'm going to follow up with Dr. Monley. So this will be a whole session, a series, Dr. Monley, about marriage prep. Just get ready. Get ready. The series is coming, (laughs) y'all. The series is coming. So what what I'll say to that is, number one, focus on becoming the person that you want to be in your life Mm. nobody's perfect we're all a work in progress so when you are focusing on becoming the best version of you think about what you want from your partner whether you're in a relationship already married in a long-term relationship whatever the case may be or you're seeking and believing god for that partner how are you showing up yeah How are you showing up? Recognize your strengths, recognize your weaknesses. And we all tend to just focus on our strengths most of the time. Mm -hmm. And we just let our weaknesses be our weaknesses because, well, quite frankly, that's a lot of work. Yeah. But we have to work on them. We have to actively. That's why personal growth plans are so necessary, especially for those of us in the body of Christ 
I think where we fail in the body of Christ is we think that because, you know, I can bring heaven and earth together. You know, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm an intercessor. I'm, I, I operate in all the gifts, right? Like we have so much focus in the spiritual realm that we don't bring that thing down to the natural, like, you know, mm-hmm. does your husband really want to hear you? Right. Nah, 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 nah. No, he don't. Not all the time. Sometimes he do. Sometimes he do, but not all the time. <laughs> not, you know, not all the time, not all the time, you know, let's, let's bring it into the practical, you know, you know the call me on a fast, but did he, did he call you or did he call us? Like, right, right, right. You know, I don't really plan for you to fast right now, sis, because I had other plans in mind for tonight, tomorrow night. You know, I'm off, so it could be for lunch. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I have other plans that I didn't plan on sharing your time with Jesus. Right. Sharing your time with me. You, you know? didn't consult about that. I didn't, didn't consult about that. that. Like, <laughs> you know, like for, for, for me, for us, I was that extreme. Mm. Like when I came to the Lord, I don't do anything by half. Like yeah. all the way. <laughs> I was super, super, super committed and extra. Yeah. Let me just say that. Now, yeah. not in a bad way, but because I'd come from a place of having no identity to finally figuring out my identity. I tunnel focus so much on myself and my growth and all of these things. And my husband wasn't there yet. Yeah. yeah. So he felt excluded, you know, and, and even with some of my other friends whose husbands very much so love the Lord, powerful men of God, as women, y'all, y'all know, we don't do nothing by half. We take something and we give birth to it. And brothers is like, wait, what about me? What's going on? So find that balance, sis. Find that balance in your spiritual life. Find that balance in your entrepreneurial life and know that your husband is going to require a massive amount of your time. Your children Mm -hmm. are going to require a massive amount of your time. And so we have to consistently believe God to show us the balance because, oh yes, I need a massive amount of my time. There's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. There's nothing wrong with being a career woman or a stay-at-home mom. What we as women need to do is understand what balance is. And balance in your household or your potential household might not look like balance for for you. Like, shy. For you, what balance looks like and what balance looks like for me is two totally different things, yeah, yeah. right? So we have to do that. And in a relationship, in a marriage, finding that definition of balance isn't something that you can do by yourself. You're mm. believing God for this. And when I say believe in God, it's like, okay, God, show me how to get this balance and show being how to get this balance so that we can have that conversation, and know that, all right, this is how this is going to work out. Because it could be that power struggle. Mm. It, it could be that power struggle. My husband and I do two totally different things. And there can be a power struggle in that. Like, yeah. when do I lead and when do I follow? Yeah. Right? And, you know, those of us who are alpha men, alpha females by definition, we have a hard time with that whole follow thing. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, Dr. Molly, I would even say, even those that may not naturally feel inclined to be alphas, those who have been kind of pushed into positions, you know, as single moms or by society to like, it's up to you to, you know, hold it all together and do it all. It can be hard to break down that train of thought and those habits. But Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, if you are desiring a partner or desiring a healthy relationship, whether it's platonic or romantic or whatever, you really do have to assess. How am I showing up? Am I being the kind of person I would want to attract? Which really does lead into when you get into your chapter talking about self-innovation, because you presented this whole new idea that I had never really considered about reflecting on your past being a key to creating your future Mm -hmm. self. Most people think, especially if they don't like the way their past reads, right? Like, I just need to move on past that and become someone new. So how does reflecting on our past contribute to us creating, you know, the future us that we want to be? Um, I was for that. I'll say the same way that we know history repeats itself. Mm 
Mm. In order for, in war, when a nation conquers another nation, in order for the victorious nation to erase the identity of the nation it defeated, it destroyed the history mm. and anybody that could recite it. Mm. And it forces them to uh, assimilate into a society that they don't want to be a part of. So what you're in essence saying here is, if I just forget about my past self, then what do I even have to work with to become yeah. my future self? Yeah. Because everything in my past is not bad. And I'm, right. I might not like it. Right. Even in the fails, there was a victory. The victory mm -hmm. was in my trying. So in order to become my future self, that past me is a part of my identity. Yeah. I have to be able to sift and separate the good from the bad. What lessons that I get from the bad, you know, what things do I even want to hold on to from the good? Mm -hmm. Because we like to keep the good stuff from our past and get rid of the bad. But sometimes keeping that good stuff will prevent you from coming into your future self. Past failures as well as past successes can hinder us from coming into our future self. We just need to bring the lessons. Yeah. Bring the lessons. Don't allow the enemy to deceive you into believing that you just need to completely kill off, destroy, and forget about your past you. Yeah. No. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I There's this quote that you, uh, from your book, from that same chapter, and I think I threw the book on the floor and just said, okay. Okay. You said creating the future you is not the same as lying about the old you. <laughs> I said, okay. That's, we're just going to do that, Dr. Molly. In, in chapter four, we're just going in the middle of the book. But I thought that takes real self-awareness because denial is real. It is. And I think that we will, in an attempt, I guess, I don't know if it's to preserve our ego or our heart or to ignore, you know, real trauma is we will lie about how, who we used to be when like, in fact, you said it is a missed opportunity for growth because at least then you can acknowledge, yeah, I messed that up. But because now I recognize that I can do something different. Yes. It really is a disservice to, like you said, dismiss our past or to be so bold as to lie about it. It's not truly serving us the way that we think. That Absolutely. It yeah. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, I found myself lying about me too much. Like, <laughs> Like, who am I? I forgot. I don't know. And that's why you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. That's why you cannot become who you desire to be. Yeah. Because you're lying. You know, yeah. that lie. You know, we have a current politician that's occupying a place in the Senate right now. <laughs> I, won't, I won't name a state, but unfortunately, they're Southern. Right. <laughs> And he was elected to this uh, position based on lies. Right. Like, you just lied about your whole pedigree. Right. You just don't lie. It's like, it's like going to check <laughs> the memes that are out there now about check your woman to make sure her hair, her nails, and all this real. Like, bro, I need to check yours. Is it real? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Who are you? Is that a spray on tan? Right. Is that a soupe? Are you airplugs? Right, no, it's, he it's can, you know, lying can get us, it can get us into some places that we want to be, yeah. But it's the character and integrity of the person, of the individual that will keep us there, yeah. yeah. So, he, he, by telling that lie, just using this guy as an example, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm not talking about that guy, I'm talking about you, yeah. When we tell that lie, you prevent the hand of God from exalting you to the place you desire to be yeah he could desire you to be there too now the route that you would have had to take to get there definitely different a lot more work a lot more honesty than that lie yeah. but now who knows god could have already designed for this man to have been there anyway and he lied his way there and may lose the place right rightfully so just be honest with yourself if we cannot be honest with ourselves there is no way we're going to be honest with other people. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you just yeah, and it's, it's impossible to show up as your best self. So you're doing a disservice to you and those that you desire to be in relationship with. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So once you get to a place, Dr. Momley, where you're willing to reflect on your past and you're willing to acknowledge the places that you excel in and the places that need some growth, mm-hmm. what is what are some of the practical things? What's some of the inner work that we can do to help address those areas, whether they're obvious or they're blind spots? Um, that could be hindering our growth? What are some practical, whether daily or weekly, monthly, what are some practical routine things we can do to to kind of dig through those areas? I love that you said blind spots because we all have them. Mm-hmm. We all have blind spots. And again, that's a place where having the right people in your inner circle and your power team, because they can see the blind spots. And if they're in that inner circle, That means you definitely love them. You definitely trust them. So when they are pointing out the blind spots, they're pointing out the things like, you know, you probably, I love you, sis, but yeah, yeah, that right there going to need a little work. You know, it's coming from a place of love. Yeah. So, and in order to, what I advise my, encourage my clients to do is to take personality assessments. Mm -hmm. Those are really good tools. Um, you can find some free personality assessments online and those, those are good. Those are good. But I would highly suggest that at some point when time allows or finance allows to actually get one that you have to pay for, because it's a lot more in depth and it will point out to you, your blind spots. It will show you for, for my clients. I use a disc assessment, them Maxwell method of disc certified. So I go through that assessment with them and it gives them, three graphs. Mm. And in those three graphs, it shows you your true self. It shows you who you think people see you as. And it also shows you the reality of what people see. And it allows you the opportunity. <laughs> to it, just the, uh, it just got tight in here. Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it for couples as well. Like me and yeah. my husband are also preparing and rich certified um, mm. premarital assessment experts. So we used both actually. We use both to help the clients because it gives you some truths about yourself, the way you receive communication, the way you actually communicate. It gives you tips, tools, and strategies on the other communication styles, the other personality mm. types. Which ones do you do better with and which ones are like a natural repellent to you? Yeah. But because life is life, you won't be able to avoid the people who just naturally rub you wrong. So how do I effectively communicate with them? Amen. And funny thing is we're generally married or partnered with our polar opposite. Mm. My husband has a very, I am high eye. I'm chatty Kathy, baby. (laughs) My husband is not. Yeah. Can you be quiet? I'm going to be quiet. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's him. And he has to have a plan for the plan and a backup plan for the next backup plan. I can just yeah. go with the wind. <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing today? All right, let me see. I was figuring it, it in my schedule. You know? It really don't. Yeah. We're going to Like, <laughs> we could not be more different. See, like, I'm like Mr. Mondley. What was it the other day? I was going to like a pizza festival and they sent out an email saying like, oh, well, the parking will be limited and here's some places. Here I am Googling. Like, how far is that parking lot from this? See, like, I just. No, I just rolled to the pizza thing, rolled right. around the parking lot that was closest because, you know, I don't want to walk and wait for somebody to move or I'd have parked at the first available space that paid for the valet right. and. Somebody going to get me there. Right. Somebody going to pick me up. I'm here. Nobody, I want my pizza. A scooter or something, y'all. <laughs> something going to get me there. Or if I had on cute shoes, I have my backup <laughs> tennis shoes in the car. Because what we shan't do is have my feet to hurt. We shan't. We, we shan't. shan't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dr. Mondley, I don't know how much time we have left, but there's one more subject that, that we have to touch on before we go. We have to talk yes. about emotional intelligence because this is something that we know has become like a hot topic in the coaching and growth community. Probably that term's become really popular within the past couple of years. Can you define emotional intelligence and how that plays a role both in our personal and professional growth? How how does that work? So let me define active listening. Because emotional intelligence is a hot button topic. And I get annoyed because we talk about it, 
But we leave out the most important part, the active listening, because those two synergistically work together. So if I don't know how to actively listen, how in the world will I have emotional intelligence? I won't because I'm unaware on purpose right. or maybe not on purpose of the impact that I'm having on those people around me. Yes. <laughs> yes. So active listening is my adult ability to hear what the other person is saying and not mount a defense. Mm. I'm not listening to you in order to prove that you're wrong and prove that I'm right. This is not a debate, people. Mm. It's not a debate. That's not the time or the place. Active listening means I am actually hearing you and seeking to understand your point of view. Knowing this, understanding does not mean that I agree. Mm. It simply means that I understand where you're coming from. My heart may even go out to you. However, and that gives me the ability to know why you say what you say, why you do what you do, why you show up the way you show up. Listening to the heart of people to understand them. That's active listening. If I cannot do that, then me seeking to be great at emotional intelligence, it won't happen. It will not happen because in that emotional intelligence, that means I'm able to take that information that I have gained from active listening and be able to respond intelligently to my intended audience, to the, to the person that I'm communicating with. So I, those two things have to go together for me. Yeah. Uh, That emotional intelligence is very, very key. We have to have it in every aspect of our lives, but it's like building blocks. Mm -hmm. I have to do the emotion. I have to do the active listening part first. Yeah. I have to do the active listening part first and in doing that active listening part, then that part helps me to be better with emotional intelligence, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. It really is almost, you know, the way we talk about, you know, you have to have self-awareness. You have to know who you are. You have to reflect on your past. Mm -hmm. The active listening really is others' awareness, right? Emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence is really a combination of the two. And it makes Mm -hmm. me think about the scripture that talks about, like, don't seek to get the speck out of your brother's eye, like all the big log, right? What a log is in your eye. Like, it's it's in a plank. It just really makes me think when when we're listening to argue, when we're listening to debate, when we're listening to be right, Mm -hmm. we really aren't allowing for an opportunity to truly see that other person. In fact, we're blinded to it. We can't truly see them, which makes us have to reflect on, can I really see me? Mm -hmm. Right. Can I really see me? And I think the way you have the tools listed in the book is important because it's like you really can't get to that emotional intelligence part if you don't Mm -hmm. know who you are. Right. right. Like you have to have that self-awareness first. So the order in which you list them is so great. So Dr. Molly, those are all the questions that I have for you, but is there something else that you feel like, man, if there's just one more thing, one more gem I could share, what is something you would give to your audience? And, you know, I would say that the, actually the last question and the question about marriage were, are probably the two that are the biggest takeaways because mm-hmm. especially those, if you're in, in a, romantic relationship, platonic relationship, business relationship. Um, we need to know the people that we're partnered with. We need to know them. I mean, really get to know them. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, these the last thing that we just talked about, that active listening and that emotional intelligence is required. Those are skills that we will continue to hone until the last breath that we draw. Like you said, the act of listening is more more about understanding your the recipient, your mm-hmm. the, you, the person you're mm-hmm. talking to. The emotional intelligence is more about understanding me. Yeah, and all of these things play a part in effective communication. And most of us, unfortunately, at different points in our life, we don't know ourselves. We don't know how to effectively communicate, and that act of listening won't happen from someone who is emotionally unintelligent and that's not a a dig or anything but if I don't understand my own triggers then how will I begin to even want to understand yours right I won't 
I will always be in defense mode and always trying to protect me Mm -hmm. from the very people that I've chosen. I've chosen, not been forced, but I've chosen to be in relationship with. So it it does go back to your identity. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Why are you here? What are you created to be? Do you love what you're doing? Are you just occupying time? You know, like those are some really, 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 really important things. So those are, I mean, you gave some great questions, man. Thank so you. that was, that, this has been fun. That that would be, yeah. you know, those are the big takeaways. Those are yeah. the big, big takeaways uh, for me, for the book. And I, and I hope that the reader will see that, you know, mm-hmm. I hope that the reader will, this will be something that people will read more than once yes. uh, and take the notes. When mm-hmm. the workbook comes out, goals, the workbook should be out at the end of the month. That is, that is my absolute goal that the workbook is ready to print at the end of the month. It's already been to the editor. I've already worked on the, um, the process. And now all we have to do is make sure that the publishing company says, Hey, I like it. It's formatted, right? Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I know that as soon as it's ready, I'll be one of the first. I hope that every listener and every reader of your book leaves the situation feeling empowered because even though, again, you ask the tough questions and you help us to confront maybe some of the things we don't like, you give practical application on how we can do things differently. If it's something we realize we need to work on, you give the tools for growth, which is the whole point, right? And so I really did enjoy this book. I hope that your listeners know what a valuable resource they have in this book and in you. And it was an honor and a pleasure to be able to interview you today. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. But I can't let you go without uh, allowing you the space to share something from your heart today with the audience, whether it's not just about the book, but about any projects or things that you have coming up, any things that you want to highlight. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. So it's hard to say not in relation to the book, because when I say that this spoke to me in the season, Dr. Monley knows that I had just shared with her that I was in a season of um, trying to re-solidify my identity in Christ because I realized that I'd lost myself a little bit in the past few years. And so I just really relate to this overarching theme that you had about being flexible and willing to evolve, acknowledging that you're not the same person that you were, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you may not even be the same person, depending on what's happened that you were last year and being okay with letting God shift. Um, I think that has been one of the biggest lessons is um, realizing that some of the things that I viewed as stumbling blocks were really catapults to push me out of my season of comfort into the next season. And that's really the heart behind my podcast. My podcast is my baby. It's where I feel like I get to share uh, a lot of the things that God is doing in my life. And so if anyone feels so inclined, you can find Rooted on Anchor, Apple, and Spotify. Um, Again, right now we're kind of in the season of the New Testament, but as God, a study of the New Testament, but as God leads me, I'm going wherever it is that he wants me to go. And so tomorrow, our episode that will be posted will be talking about faith and Mm -hmm. how we take something that is so simple and make it complicated by trying to strive with human effort. And so those of us know that where God has promised something and it seems long in coming, we can try to get busy helping God out. And instead of letting his miracles manifest, we try to manufacture our own blessings, which leads to problems every single time. So on Wednesday, I'm going to start off by giving three of six tips on how we can stay rooted, pun intended, in our faith. And then next week, we'll pick up with part two, where we dig a little bit into why Abraham was used by an example in Paul for why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, how we can follow that example, and then the last three steps to remain rooted in faith. And who knows where we'll go. After that, we'll see what the Lord has. But if you guys feel so inclined, please give it a listen, like, share. Anyone that you think it might deposit value into, please share it with them and let them know about it. Awesome. I definitely listen, y'all. Y'all want to make sure you subscribe to that. (laughs) You want to make sure you subscribe to Rooted. It is some amazing gems. You know, those of you that have been with us on this journey through uh, the, the four books, the four books that I highlight during this series. All of them add value. And and the goal is to always be intentional about the things that add value to your life. 
Be intentional about the books that you read and why you yes. read them. Be intentional about the podcasts that you listen to and why you listen to them. You know, the vlogs or, you know, the YouTube videos, everything. Mm. Be intentional. Even to the point, be intentional about your fun. The yeah. fun that you're having. Like, I love to veg out and vegetate like the best of y'all. I really do. <laughs> but we can't do that always. All not all the time. Mm -hmm. We can't do that all the time. So maximize the time that you have be intentional and the growth will happen be repetitive with that intentionality sometimes you might have to listen to a, a book or a podcast five or ten times before it just sticks and that's okay you're not different that's not oh i need to get this the first time no man that's not how that works right that is not how that works at least not for me let me not just me raise either. my hand not, not for me <laughs> No. Sometimes I have to listen to an audio book three or four times over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But the key is I you do it. That repetition is the key to knowledge. And you'll yes. find yourself and that that text that you really are trying to get in you, it's in you. And it comes out and you're like, oh, I did remember that. You sure yep. did. It's in your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it's in yep. you. So y'all, I, I hope and pray that you loved these four books that we've been highlighting get the books if you haven't already go back look through all of the show notes the links to the books and the authors are in the show notes as well as today the link to my book will be in the show notes as well as the link to root it and take a listen to shy's podcast go ahead and hit that subscribe button and whether it's on whether you're on anchor apple or spotify hit that subscribe button leave a comment for her leave yeah, a comment leave a rating or a review on the podcast leave a rating and a review on this podcast let us know what you're thinking and how you feel about it until mm -hmm. next time this is laquita monley you guys be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day take care